الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله. Well, praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead Him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide Him. As a witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that He has no partners or associates, and as a witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. I'd like to discuss this evening, believing in Allah Ta'ala, something of the meaning or understanding and explanation of the verses from the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verses 59 through 62 and this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses more than one topic but the most important of them and the one that is focused upon is the fact that the knowledge of the unseen is for Allah alone, and that Allah is the one who knows everything and who has power over everything in this world and in the next. We begin, subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the saying, A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajeem, Wa'indahu mafatihul ghayba, la ya'lamuha illa huwa. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with him, are the mafatih al ghayb, the things of the unseen. No one knows or has or possesses these things except him. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ And he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knows what is in or on the land and that which is upon or below the sea. وَمَا تَسْقُطُوا مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا And not a leaf falls from a tree except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about it. That it falls, where it falls, when it falls, etc. وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ وَلَا رَقْضٍ وَلَا يَابِسٍ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مُّهِينٍ And there isn't a seed or grain in the depths or the darkness of the earth, nor anything that is moist or fresh or that which is dry, except that all of these things are in a clear book or record, Kitab al-Mudeen Allah al-Mahfuz, that is the preserved tablet, in which everything has been recorded before the creation of the heavens and the earth, everything that will happen until one Kriyama. In the next verse, he says, وَهُوَ الَّذِي وَيَعْلَمُ مَا جَرَحْتُمْ بِالنَّهَارِ That he is the one who takes your souls during the night. And he knows مَا جَرَحْتُمْ That's what you do with your limbs, يعني your actions, or your deeds. Whatever you do during the day. فَمَّا يَبَعَثُكُمْ فِيهِ Then he raises you up. لِيُقَضَى أَجْرٌ مُسَمَّى That you may complete an appointed term. يعني the term of the lifespan or the existence of every individual. فَمَّا إِلَيْهِ مَرْجِعُكُمْ Then the return. Your return is to him. فَمَّا يُنَبِّعُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Then he will inform you of that which you 
without making any reinterpretation or distortion of the meaning as it is understood in the Arabic language. And it went from Allah himself that is how Ibadi, but it is nothing for us to interpret or to reinterpret and to give another interpretation other than what is understood in the Arabic language unless there is a proof from the Quran or from the Arabic Sunnah of otherwise. Nor do we make any comparison to Shabih between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his creatures, but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes himself as, as, as having ilm, we don't compare his ilm to the ilm of the creatures. But the ilm of Allah is perfect, and the ilm of the human being is imperfect. And likewise, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he is al-qawir, or he is al-qawir, but we don't compare such descriptions with the descriptions of human beings that may be described with similar words. So we don't make tashbih or comparison nor do we make techniques that means the explaining of how. How is Allah being above his creatures? Or how does Allah descend to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night? Or how is Allah's hand or Allah's face? But we only affirm that it is true as Allah has affirmed it for himself and the how of it, it is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, uh, we don't make any ta'afir or the negation of the true meaning of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has affirmed for himself by emptying it of its meaning and giving it either denying its meaning outright or giving it another meaning that is in fact a negation of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has affirmed for himself. This principle, it is a basic principle in the Tawheed of Asma'a Sifat and whatever we read in the Quran, what Allah has affirmed for himself, we should just affirm it just as it is. And whatever Allah has revealed it for himself, and we should also revealed it and deny it as being a characteristic attributable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Concerning uh it was mentioned previously that perhaps we mentioned the meaning of some of the words in order to give some benefit to those who are studying Arabic, and I think that it is indeed yeah, I mean, something that we can spend just a moment or two with in order to give some benefit to those who study Arabic, so that it will be an encouragement. And from amongst the important words in these verses is Mafatih. Mafatih. Mafatih, it is the plural of Maftah or Miftah. According to the scholars of Tafsir, some of them said Maftah and some of them said Miftah. And ultimately the meaning is basically the same. The meaning of Miftah, which is the more correct opinion, it is Miftah. Miftah. That is the instrument that is used to open something. Miftah. It is the instrument that is used to open something. And here it is described or translated as key. Mafatih, the key of Al-Ghayb. And the Ghayb is everything that is absent, or that which we do not see or witness it. And the plural of al-ghayb, or the plural of ghayb, it is removed. And this ghayb, it includes many things. From amongst, from amongst what is included in the meaning of al-ghayb is the things that a Muslim is required to believe in. The belief in Allah. Allah, we don't witness Him. We don't see Him, but yet we believe in Him. And likewise, the angels, we don't see them, but we believe in them. And we haven't seen the judgment day, nor the paradise, or the uh, hellfire, but it is Allah, and the right, the unseen things that a Muslim is required to believe in. Also, of the important words that are used in these verses is the expression, يتوفاتم. يتوفاتم, it means to take the soul of something. But Al-Wafat is of two types. It is the taking of the soul when a person is sleeping. When a person is sleeping, and their soul is returned to them when they awake. And the other, it is the taking of a person's soul at the time of death. And we should distinguish between the two of these and know that in these verses is the truth that it has seen that it doesn't always mean death, the amputation of someone's soul from this world, but it also means the condition of the person when they are sleeping, when their soul is taken to be returned. And this is uh, something that is of importance in reference to the issue of the deviation of those people who claim that the Prophet Isa that 
his soul has been taken, that he is dead and he is not to return to this world, when in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him up to himself and he returned to this world. He is still living and he returned and it will be one of the major signs of the judgment day, the approach or the means of the judgment day. Uh, and also, as an important word here, uh, is the word Al-Qahir. Al-Qahir, for those who are sending Arabic, it is the Ukhim-Fail. Ukhim-Fail, the one who does the action. And it is some Qahara, which is similar to the meaning of Ghalaba. So Al-Qahir, it means Al-Ghalib, the one who overcomes. Allah has the ability to overcome everyone or anyone in anything. And the last word, that I wanted to mention is Hafaza. Hafaza is the plural of Hafiz. Hafiz. And it means that one who preserves or protects. And it's also used uh, to memorize. And here, Al-Hafaza, it means Al-Malaika, the injuries that have been sent to preserve the human beings, to protect them from harm, and also to preserve the records of their deeds. Allah. Well, we know that the 
and he sends down the rain, al-matr, the rain, and no one knows when or how it is sent, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though some of the weather men, they like to report the weather as though they know it will rain tomorrow, or what will happen in the next two days, but on many, many, many occasions, in spite of the fact that they have studied it scientifically, the predictions prove to be wrong, this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the heavens and the earth, he may change the course of actions whenever he wills, so that the predictions will be proven to be false. Even though they are in accordance with the universal laws which Allah has established in the heavens and the earth, and those things are possible to monitor in order to have an estimate about what will happen, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will change the course of the things in this universe as he wills, and no one really knows the future except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that includes the sending of the rain. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ And he knows what is in the wheels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone knows that which is in the wheels. Even though perhaps the medical science today, they have instruments and tools and methods to detect the sex of the child, if it will be male or female, and they can also examine uh, the condition of the child to be reborn whole or incomplete or defective and so on. But the meaning here as the fathers of the people of Sunnah have explained that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is in the womb is more complete than just knowing the sex of the child, if it will be male or female. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the length of the lifespan of the child while it's in the womb. And who knows that except Allah? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the deeds of that child that is in the womb, what it will be in this world. And Allah knows its sustenance, what it will be provided with from the beginning of its life until the end. And most importantly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who knows what will be its final destination in paradise or hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who knows what is in the womb and everything about it. And he is the only one who has this knowledge. وَمَا تَبْرِي نَفْسٍ مَاذَا تَقْسِبُوا غَدَى And no soul knows what it will earn tomorrow, what it will earn in the future. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what it will earn in the future days or years of the life of any individual. وَمَا تَبْرِي نَفْسٍ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ سَمُوتِ And no person or no soul knows in which land it will die. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows when and where anyone will die. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ Glory Allah is the one who has perfect knowledge and he is fully aware. Uh, then, Hafiz uh, ibn Kathir, Rahimahullah, mentioned the thing that Allah, the Ya'lamuna from Barri wal Bahri, that He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knows what is in the land and what is in the sea. This means that Allah's honored knowledge encompasses everything. That means that Allah knows everything. And here some of the scholars said the mention of al-Bahr and Barri al-Bahr, it is because these two things, the land and sea, they are of the greatest of the creations of Allah, and they are the things that are most witnessed by the human beings in this world, either the person will be on land or will be on sea. And most of this earth that we live upon, it is given. One of these two types of creation, either land or sea. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning that He knows what is in the land and the sea. This is a way of saying that Allah knows everything, everything that will happen wherever it may be. His knowledge is all encompassing, including the creatures living in the sea and on land, and none of it, not even the weight of an atom on earth or in heaven, ever escapes His knowledge. And here, after mentioning the general knowledge of Allah, that He knows whatever is in the land and whatever is in the sea, then He mentions specifically and more detailed knowledge that is encompassed in the first statement. Allah knows whatever is in the land and the sea, and from amongst those things, the minutest of things, وَمَا تَسْكُتُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا But not even a leaf falls from a tree except that Allah knows well. And even the most insignificant of things, such as a leaf falling from a tree, any place in this earth, it doesn't fall except that Allah knows when it falls and where it falls and what is its condition. He said that this means that Allah knows the movements of everything, including in animal things. 
يعني الله سبحانه وتعالى اسمه لون جبار جميل مسجد مسجد آل مسجد كان جرب آل مسجد المهم جرب آل مسجد He has given responsibility to, to act in a certain way in this world for sure Allah knows about our movement and He knows about our actions and our speech and whatever we may do. Therefore, what about His knowledge of the living creatures, especially those whom the divine laws have been imposed upon, such as mankind and the jinn? In another verse in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْلِمُ وَمَا وَمَا تُخْفِي الصُّدُورُ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the خَائِنَةِ الْأَعْلِمُ It means, it means the look that the person, when they say the moon else is looking, and they take a look at something that Allah has forbidden, that Allah has prohibited. It is translated here as the fraud of the eye. The meaning of it is that a person looks at something which they shouldn't be looking at. And Allah is not pleased that they would be looking at, and they look at it when they see someone is watching. Someone, something passed by, and the person takes a look, a forbidden look, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about it, and He also knows that which is concealed in the heart. When you mention the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ بِالْلَيْلِ That is the one who takes your soul during the night. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا جَرَحْتُمْ بِالنَّهَارِ And he knows what you are doing, about your actions during the day. ثُمَّ يَبَعَثُكُمْ فِيهِ Then he raises you up in the day. لِيُقَضَى عَجْمٍ مُسَمَّى In order for you to complete that crazy term. The time, then he raises you back to life after the sleeping. He brings you back into, he brings you back your soul so that you're coming back into this world. So that you may complete the appointed term and the lifespan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for you. Thumma ilayhi marji'ukum, then you return to him. And after returning to this world, there will be another return. That is the return after death, back to life again for resurrection and judgment. Thumma yunabdi'ukum bima kuntum ta'amaneen, and then he will inform you of that which you used to do. That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring forth the records of our deeds. And he will inform us that everything that we used to do, whether great or small, and not only will inform us, but it is understood that in informing us of our deeds, it means that he will call, to, call us to account for our deeds. That means that the people who did good deeds will be rewarded, and the people who did evil deeds will be punished. And he is the one who is over and above his servants, having control over everything and the ability to overcome everyone. ويرسل عليكم الحفظة أو يرسل عليكم حفظة أن تسن أقامت وبذر وتبي أمرت الحفظة the preservers the protectors the angels who will our deeds and protect us from harm حتى إذا جاء أحدكم الموت until at the time when death comes to any one of us at the time that our death is appointed فيسأته رسلنا then our messengers, meaning the angels whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent, when they take the soul of that person, فَهُمْ لَا يُفَرِّتُونَ And they don't fall short in that which they have been assigned to do. ثُمَّ رُبُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ مَلُلَاهُمْ Then they will be returned to Allah, the Lord and Master, Al-Haq. And this is one of, also one of the names of Allah, Al-Haq. Allah is Al-Haq. Isn't it so that the hukum, the ruling, the judgment in this world as well as in the next? The judgment of what Allah has established in this earth to be, and the laws that He has established in this earth for people to follow, as well as the hukum in the next life, that is the judgment, the accounting for the people's deeds in this world. Allah, He alone possesses the hukum, and He is the most fierce. In turning to account, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has everything, and He is aware of all of our deeds, He doesn't require any investigation, He doesn't require any reflection to think about what should be done, but the accounts will be, uh, they will be taken quickly. Allah is the, the most swift in taking accounts because of His perfect knowledge and His ability to make the correct judgment without any reflection or without any delay. Then He says, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks that he brings death to his servants in their sleep at night. And here, the word that's used 
is referring to the minor death, the death that a person is subjected to in sleep, meaning their soul being taken from their body. But it will be returned to them that Allah is the one who brings death to his servants when they sleep at night, for sleep is minor death. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another place in the Quran in Surah Al-Imran chapter 3 verse 55 in reference to the Prophet Isa salam, is called Allah Ya Isa when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said O Isa that I am the one who take your soul and raise you up to myself and this some of the deviant people said that Mutawafika means that Allah has taken the soul and that Isa is dead and he will not return to this world and we know that the correct Akira of the Ahl Sunnah is that Isa is that he is raised up to Allah and he will return to this world as one of the main signs of the judgment day or the means of the hour of judgment. Here, this expression Mutawafika, it is a proof that the final death is not always indicated in this world, but that death is of two types. One is the taking of the soul from this world, and the other is the death of the person and leaving this world permanently. Then he says, also the thing of the lost pound to Allah in another place in the Quran, and this verse also is significant uh, due to another issue. Here in al Hafiz mentions Allah that Allah is the one who takes the souls of the individuals at the time of their death. That Allah is the one who takes the souls. In the previous ayah it mentioned that Allah sends upon us, Yusulu Alaikum, half of the sins. But he sends upon us the preservers, the protectors, the angels, and that they are the ones who take the souls of the people. Here yeah, Allah subhanahu wa says in this verse, Allah takes the souls of the individuals at the time of their death and Allah also is the one who takes the souls of the individuals for those who do not die in their sleep. Yeah, and here the taking of the souls of two types, one is in at the time of the death of that person leaving this world, and the other, the one who doesn't die, who is not destined to die in that night, Allah takes their souls in their sleep. And this is the first one, the major death, and the second one, the minor death. Then Allah takes, he takes the soul of that one who has decreed for them death. And he returns, or he sends back the others, those who it is not a deed for them to die until they are appointed term for the time that Allah is appointed for their death. In this verse, Al-Hazim Kathir mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned two types of death here, the minor and the major. The minor death is a vision of the soul in sleep, and the major death is when the person is leaving this world. He is the one who takes his souls by night when you are asleep and he has knowledge of all that you have done by day. Meaning that he knows the deeds and actions that you perform during the day. And this verse or this ayah demonstrates Allah's perfect knowledge of his creation by day and night and in their movements and idleness or stillness. Uh, and then we mention the number of other verses still in the same point. But before going on, the point that we want to mention here it is the point of the taking of the souls of the human beings. In another place in the Quran, in Surah al chapter 32, verse 11, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul yatawaffakum malakul mawt alladhi yukkila bikum inna ila rabbikum turja'oon. Qul yatawaffakum malakul mawt. Say, the one who takes your soul is the angel of death. Alladhi yukkila bikum, the one who has been appointed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has been appointed over you. فَلَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ تُرْجَعُونَ Then, to your Lord, you will be returned. In these two verses, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the verse who takes the soul, تَوَفْتَبْهُ It is Rusulina, meaning the Hafada, the angels. And in the last verse which we mentioned in Surah Al-Sajda, that it is Malakul Mawt, the one who takes the soul of the people at the time that Allah has appointed. And in another place, Allah يَتَوَفْتَى الْأَنْفِسِ 
said that there is no contradiction between the words of Allah and there is no contradiction like that between the words of Allah and the authentic words of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in these three verses, the explanation of these verses is that the medical note, the angel of death is the angel who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically has appointed and mentioned with the responsibility of taking the souls of human beings at the time that he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed. And along with him the angels that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also sent with him to assist in the task of saving the souls of the human beings. And this actually taking of the souls of the human beings is done by the Malakal Mouth and those angels who are with him. While Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributes the taking of the souls himself due to the fact that he is the one who is the ultimate cause. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate cause. He is the one who created the angels and he is the one who gave them the ability and he is the one who assigned them and permitted them and allowed them to do this task and in that sense it is what is meant here that Allah takes the souls of the human beings in that he is the one who sent those angels and he is the one who empowered them and appointed them and allowed them to complete this task. So here the actual task of taking the souls is done by the angels so all of the verse will be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meaning that Allah is the ultimate cause of uh, the taking of the souls. Uh, then, the Prophet of 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 لتسكن uh, فيه the resting is primarily in the night and this is the ruling that resting sleep is usually at night and the verse is continued وَلِتَبَتَهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ and that you may see that his bounties meaning during the day so that the night is really made for sleep and the day is made for seeking of the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is mentioned in Surah the Qafas chapter 28 verse 73 Likewise, he mentions a similar verse which has the same meaning. وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ لِبَاسًا وَجَعَلْنَا النَّهَارَ مَعَاشًا That we have made the night as a covering or a clothing, a covering for you. So I mean that the person may rest and sleep in the night and we have made the day as a livelihood or a means of seeking one's livelihood or sustenance. He mentions here a number of those verses and finally he mentions the saying of Mujahid and Fatada and Asubdi concerning فَمِنَّ الْيَبَعَثُ كُنْفِيهِ Then he raises a wake you up again by day according to Mujahid, Fatada and Asubdi And this is the meaning of فَمِنَّ الْيَبَعَثُ كُنْفِيهِ Meaning that after you are in sleep and you took your soul then those who are not going to, their life will not be taken then he raises you up again in the day, by the day uh, in order that the appointed time may be fulfilled, meaning Ajman Musamma means the lifetime that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed for every individual for his time in this world. Then, Summa Ilayhi Marji'ukum, then to whom you will return, that means that after that you will return to Allah, the final return, the day of resurrection. Summa Yunabi'ukum bima kuntum ta'amaloon, then we will inform you of what you used to do, but we will reward you, good for good and evil for evil. And this is always the meaning in, in this type of expression in the Quran, Summa Yunabi'ukum, and the name of Allah, Allah will inform you or tell you or make you to know what you have done, meaning the call to count your actions in the world and punishment according to that which the person has done. He is the Qahir over his servants. It means the one who controls everything. Uh, all of the servants who is supreme grace, greatness, and majesty, and everything is under the control and power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, and he sends guardians over you, meaning the angels to guide mankind and to protect the righteous and the believers and those whom Allah loves, and also to preserve and to record the actions of all human beings. And then he mentioned another verse from the Quran which is just significant. It is the saying of Allah, Lahu mu'aqqidat. Lahu mu'aqqidat min bayni yadayhi wa min khalfi. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has angels who come one after another in succession, come one after another, before and behind the person 
ادخلي بسجنهم ادخلي حميدة وابشري بروح وريحان ورب غير غدبان انجب انجب and be honest and accept the good news of Western satisfaction in the Lord who is not angry and that will be continued until that person reaches to the heaven in which or above which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in the highest heaven above which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the word is in this hadith is also of significance to mention he said that يُقَالَهَا ذَلَكَ حَتَّى يُنْتَنَا بِهَا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الَّتِي فِيهَا الله عز وجل يعني until he reaches the heaven الَّتِي فِيهَا الله عز وجل the heaven that Allah is in this is similar to the statement of the slave girl when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم asked her أين الله وإذ الله and she said في السماء that he is in the heaven the meaning of في السماء here it is Allah is above the heaven Allah is not in the heaven because the heaven is part of Allah's creation and Allah is the creator and it is a fundamental principle of the Aqidah of Ahl Sunnah and Jama'ah that the Khalik, the creator is completely separate and distinct from the Makhluk, the creation so Allah is not inside of his creation but Allah is outside of and above his creation and there are many proofs of this in the Quran as well as in the Sunnah and the Arabic language and the simplest of them is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ and travel inside the earth. Here at sea, obviously it doesn't mean underneath the earth or inside the earth. Tafsiriya means al al-ard. Tafsiriya fil-ard means travel above, upon the earth, go around the earth, above it. And likewise, the meaning here in this hadith and the saying of the slave girl, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the heavens. As we mentioned in some verse in the Quran, from Mustawa al Arsh, and that Allah, and then after He created the heavens and the earth, He ascended above the throne. Uh, then this hadith goes on to mention the wicked person and what would be their condition and how they would be dealt with and what would be said to them and how they would be denied admission to the heavens and they would be sent back down to the earth and that they would be punished. Uh, this is the description in this hadith of what would be the condition of those who are doing to Allah and worship Him, seeking His pleasure, and those who are disobedient to Allah and do as they please, seeking their own pleasure. And finally, after the mention of this hadith, which he, Al-Hazim Kathir, mentioned this hadith is in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed. Uh, and this hadith, the grade of the hadith is not mentioned here, but that hadith is an authentic hadith and it's mentioned in a number of other books of Sunnah from amongst them the Sunnah of Ibn Majah and Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah mentioned in the Sahih Sunnah of Ibn Majah that is Sahih and he also mentioned in the Sahih the Jamil Sahih that this hadith is Sahih although in the Jamil Sahih the Alman Sunnah rahimahullah the hadith is more lengthy than this hadith It means here that the person at the time of their death will be returned to Allah. Then he says it is also possible that the meaning of Thumma Ruddu, when they are returned, that it refers to the return of all creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of resurrection when we will subject them to his just decision. And the second possibility of the meaning of Thumma Ruddu, it means that it means that all people will return to Allah on Yamu Qiyamah. Uh, and he said that perhaps this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says at the end of this verse, after mentioning that they will be returned, he said, uh, Then they will return to the Lord al haq and isn't it that the Hukum is for him alone and he is the swift? the most swift of those in taking account and this is a hint that the meaning here perhaps it means the return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment when accounts will be taken this is the end of what is mentioned in the tafsir of Ibn Kathir uh, concerning these verses uh, and he as Ibn Kathir doesn't mention here the meaning of the last verse مولاهم الحق ألا له الحكم فالمين هي الذكرى is that the ruling or the judgment 
or the right to judge and to rule belongs to Allah alone. And no one has the right to rule except by that which Allah has established as the law, that is the Sharia, the Quran and Sunnah in this world. And no one will have the right to rule in the next life from one Qiyama or to judge except Him, Allah alone. And He is the most swift and according to account. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now do everything and therefore doesn't take any time for Him to make His ruling or His judgment. Before closing, closing just want, I just want to mention some of the points of uh, Sheikh Abu Bakr Jazari, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him concerning these verses. He mentions a summary of the points of guidance or the rulings or the important benefits that are derived from these verses. And from amongst them, he says, number one, that in these verses there's clarification of the qudra. The, the display of the power of Allah and the knowledge of Allah and the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That all of these are for Allah. The qudra and the ilm and the hikmah. Here in these verses we see the display of Allah's power and His knowledge and His wisdom. And secondly, he says that also in these verses the idea is contained of the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept preserved for himself. Isti'afar, isti'afar Allah ta'ala bi ilm al-ghayb. That the ilm al-ghayb, the knowledge of the unseen, it is something that Allah has kept, protected and preserved for himself alone. And no one shares it, not angels or prophets. The third point here is kitab al-maqadir, that is the record of the decrees of everything that will happen in this world, including every detail of everything, even the falling of a leaf from a tree. That uh, all of this has been recorded and written in that which Allah decreed from the beginning, and it is part of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth point he mentions is the correctness of the use of the term al-wafat, al-wafat, the taking of the soul, that it is correct to use this term for the person who is sleeping. And the taking of the soul, the person who is sleeping, we may refer to it as al-wafat. And wafat, therefore, doesn't only mean the time when the person dies and leaves this world, but it also is applicable. Sihat al-Islaq al-wafat al-Nawm. That it is proper to say the taking of the soul referring to someone who is sleeping. And this is the correct explanation, as the Shaykh says, this is the correct explanation of tafsir of the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Isa alayhi salam inni mutawafika the bird that has taken his soul not meaning that he is dead and gone from this world forever but that he is taken up to Allah and that he will return to this world and the fifth point that he mentioned from these verses is the establishment of the principle of al-ma'ad wal-hisab wal-jaza that it is a part of the belief of the aqidah of Islam that everyone will return and that everyone will be given their account and that everyone will be rewarded according to their deeds. Al-Ma'ad, the return, Al-Hisab, the accounting, and Al-Jaza, the rewarding of every person for their deeds in this world. And then he mentions also concerning the last verses under this section. From these verses there is also a proof, a clear, a great proof of the falsehood of shirk. Uh, and the proof of this is that the fact that the pagan disbelievers that they, they supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone when they are in difficulty and hardship or other times they call them other than Allah. In these verses there is a proof that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who has control over everything, who has control over the lives of the people in this world and the next, and Allah is the one who has knowledge over everything. Uh, with this, we can stop here and just look at the questions which uh, it is advisable and recommended and expected and hope that these questions will be uh, taken seriously in order that everyone will have um, some idea for their own self of um, what they have grasped from the discussion. The first question, what is the main subject of these verses under discussion? The main subject of these verses under discussion 
if anyone can just briefly say, Naam, the knowledge of the unseen. That is the, the all-encompassing and perfect knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His power over everything. What is the meaning of Al-Ghayb? Al-Mafatih Al-Ghayb. Naam. Naam. Al-Ghayb refers to the unseen. And as we say, it includes a lot of things, including the belief in Allah and the angels and the paradise and the hellfire, as well as the meaning of Mafati Al-Ghayb here, it is referring to the keys of the unseen. And these keys are mentioned in the Quran. Uh, and they are also mentioned in the Sunnah. They are mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Sajdah, chapter 32, verse 34. And they are mentioned in the Sunnah, in the Sahih al-Bukhari, in the Hadith that Ibn Kathir referred to. But in the translation, they only mention in brief. That Hadith of the Prophet coincides exactly with the verse of Quran in which Allah mentioned the keys of the unseen as being five. Does anyone remember any of them? knowledge of the day of judgment. When is the hour of judgment? When the rain will come. What is in the room? It's not, this is not mentioned from one of the, the Mafati al-Ghayb, but this is something that was discussed. What are the other matters? Nobody knows what they will earn in their life in the future, tomorrow or the next. And no one knows, they know where they will die and what land that they will die. These are mentioned in the Quran as well as in the Hadith of the Prophet as being the Mafatih al-Ghayb. Do some prophets have access to the Mafatih al-Ghayb since they receive revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And is it possible to say that the prophets, because they receive revelation, that they might have access to the Mafatih al-Ghayb? No one knows these things except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is something that is exclusive that Allah has kept for Himself and He doesn't give it neither to angels nor prophets. And whoever claims to have such knowledge, then they are indeed, um, they are denying the Quran and they are liars. What are the types of death or wafat mentioned in these verses? When the person is sleeping and the actual death when the person lives this world. Is it Allah or the angels who take the soul at the time of death? Explain. Naam? Naam. And the explanation of this is that in fact the angels do take the soul, medical might or al that Allah sends to take the soul, but Allah refers to himself as taking the soul, meaning that he is the cause, the ultimate cause of the taking of the soul. And the final question, what are the possible interpretations offered by al Hafiz and Kafir for the following words? Then they are returned to Allah, the master of the just Lord. What is the possible interpretations that he mentioned? He mentioned two interpretations. Is there any other answer? Actually, just for clarification, to make it more clear, unless somebody else wants to answer. It is referring to death. One of them he mentioned in the hadith of Abu Hurairah that's reported in the Muslim Imam Ahmed that return to Allah means when a person dies that they will take, be taken up to the heavens. That's one. The other one he said at the end of the tafsir that the other possible meaning is when all people will return to Allah at the same time. Meaning Yawm Qiyamah. The second return it means the first return is at the time of death every individual and the second return is when all people return on Yom Qiyamah. This is what he mentioned at the last thing he said at the end of the tafsir. This is the meaning, the two interpretations that Hafiz ibn Kathir mentioned. As possible interpretation of these words, ثُمَّ رُدُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ مُلَّاهُمْ So this is the end of what we wanted to say. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika.
أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك. If there are any comments or questions or corrections, then any, perhaps five minutes when you take a few seconds, any comments or questions you understand.
وهو السميع البصير. In this short verse, ليس كمثله شيء. There is nothing like him. وهو السميع البصير. But he is the hearing, the seeing. There is first in the beginning of the verse negation. النفي. ليس كمثله شيء. There is nothing like him. So this is the first principle that we need in comparison between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and anything else. وَهُوَ السَّمِيْهِ بَصِيرِ is affirmation, a sabat. That means that just as we have nafi of anything being like Allah, we also have ifbat or affirmation of what Allah has described himself with. He has described himself with of being a samir, the one who has perfect hearing or hearing, and al-basir, the one who has perfect seeing or seeing everything. And just like the creatures hear and see, but the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the seeing of Allah is not like the creatures, so also we affirm for Allah His hearing and His seeing, but we must do it without making any comparison. There is nothing like Him, there is no comparison, but yet we must affirm. We must, must make this back of that which He has affirmed for Himself. So in these things, like Allah having a face, or Allah having hands, or Allah ascending or descending, all of these things are confirmed in the Qur'an and most of them are also confirmed in the authentic clear sunnah of the Prophet Therefore, we should avoid making interpretations or distortions uh, or explanations or comparisons or examples between Allah and the creatures because nothing is like Him. While at the same time, we will read anything they like Him, we should have found whatever He has said about Himself. And the examples, many, many examples, many examples are given in uh, the books of Aqidah, such as um, the Numa al-Atiqad, al-Hadi al-Sabir al-Rashad, al-Imam ibn Qudama. The first half of the book deals with the topic of al-Asma al-Sifat, and he gives many, many examples of that which is confirmed in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, and in the explanation of the book, the explanations and interpretations uh, of the people who erred in the interpretation of these things are also good. So that can be referred to and it's for the details of the topic. Any other comments or questions?